Hey, it's Gabe. I want to recommend a podcast I think you'll enjoy called What Could Go Right. On What Could Go Right, the hosts, Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varva-Lucas, sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues. They look back at how far society has come and look forward to what it will take to achieve a brighter future. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, listen to What Could Go Right wherever you get your podcasts. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that pieces together history one day at a time. I'm Gabe Lusier, and in this episode, we're talking about a fragile work of art that survived the perils of the ancient world, including the fall of Rome, just to be dashed to pieces inside a modern museum. The day was February 7th, 1845. An Irish visitor to the British Museum in London purposely destroyed a 2,000-year-old Roman vase. Believed to have been made between the years 1 and 25 AD, the vessel in question eventually became known as the Portland Vase. It's one of the most famous examples of imperial Roman cameo glass, an extravagant form of sculpture that features intricate decorations inspired by relief-cut gems. The Portland vase, for example, is a 10-inch tall, two-handled jug called an amphora. It's made from cobalt blue glass and overlaid with seven figures carved out of opaque white glass. If you're familiar with cameo jewelry, then you have a good idea of the art style. Scholars have come up with about 50 different interpretations to explain the imagery on the vase, but the only character known for certain is Cupid who's easy to spot due to his bow and the fact that he's shown fluttering in midair. 
the identity of the other figures is still up for debate. The Portland vase first appeared in the historical record at the turn of the 17th century, hundreds of years after it was made. The vase was supposedly found around that time in Rome, within a sarcophagus inside the tomb of the 3rd century emperor, Alexander Severus. After several changes in ownership over the years, the artifact eventually made its way to Britain and was purchased by a wealthy collector, the Duke of Portland. He later loaned the vase to the British Museum, where it remained safe in a glass cabinet until that fateful day in 1845. Historians don't know much for certain about the man who vandalized the museum, and that was true for authorities at the time as well. Originally from Dublin, he had been living in London under a false name, William Lloyd. His real name was William Mulcahy, and he was a student at Trinity College in Dublin, who had been reported missing earlier that month. Other vague details gradually came to light about his life, including that Mulcahy was a scenic painter, that his brother was a lecturer at Trinity College, and that he had fled from Ireland due to some unspecified family strife. Some accounts of the event have theorized that Mulcahy suffered from paranoia or fits of madness, and that's what drove him to smash the Portland vase. But Mulcahy didn't plead insanity after he broke the vase. Instead, he later told police that his actions were due to the fact that he had been binge drinking all week long, or as he put it, quote, indulging in intemperance for a week before. Despite his heavy drinking, Mulcahy had managed to keep a low profile in London until the afternoon of February 7th when he gave himself away in dramatic fashion. He entered the British Museum, still very much drunk, and promptly smashed one of its finest sculptures into 189 pieces. But that wasn't as easy a task as you might think. The Portland vase wasn't on display out in the open. It was kept inside a thick glass case. In other words, there's no chance that Mulcahy destroyed the vase by mistake. He didn't just stumble into it and knock it off a pedestal. He had to really want it. Ironically, the museum itself wound up providing the instrument of the vase's destruction. Within the same exhibit of sculptures, there was a large piece of basalt, part of a monument from the ruins of Persepolis, and it was on display without a case. When the museum attendant left the room, Mulcahy made his move. He picked up the heavy sculpture and threw it directly at the top of the cabinet where the Portland vase was displayed. Both the case and the vase were shattered. As I'm sure you've guessed, Mulcahy was arrested on the spot. But what's more surprising is that he was never convicted of breaking the vase. That's because, as his lawyer pointed out, the act of willful damage that he was charged with applied only to objects worth a maximum of five pounds. The court agreed, and Mulcahy was convicted of breaking the glass case, but not the vase inside. For the crime, Mulcahy was fined three pounds, the equivalent of more than 300 pounds, or $400, in today's money. He didn't have that kind of cash, so he was sentenced to two months in debtor's prison instead. Mulcahy didn't serve his full term, though, because an anonymous benefactor, 
paid his fine by mail, and secured his release. It's unclear whether the money was sent by a friend back in Ireland or by a compassionate citizen of London who had read about his plight in the news. It could have even been sent by the vase's owner and namesake, the Duke of Portland. He had lent his vase to the museum on loan and could have pursued civil action against the man who destroyed it. However, by that point, investigators had determined Mulcahy's true identity, including his troubled background and his impoverished family. In light of that, the Duke waived his right, calling the destruction of the vase, quote, an act of folly or madness which they could not control, and saying that he didn't want to make things worse for Mulcahy or his family. Given all that, it's possible the Duke's charity extended to paying Mulcahy's bail as well. As for the vase itself, it was later painstakingly restored, several times in fact. The first occurred the same year the vase was broken, when noted craftsman John Doubleday glued the many fragments back together. It was an impressive attempt given the tools at his disposal, but when he was finished there were still 37 small pieces left over. Those were set aside and later misplaced, but they were eventually rediscovered. So in 1948, a second restoration began. That time, most of the wayward fragments were added to the vase, but not all of them. That brings us to the 1980s, when the third and so far final reconstruction took place. By then, the previous restoration work was yellowing, and it was hoped that adhesive technology had advanced enough to provide a longer-lasting solution the third time around. The task fell to restorers Nigel Williams and Sandra Smith, who began by using solvents to dissolve the adhesive bonds of previous repairs, effectively returning the vase to the broken state that Mulcahy had left it in over a century earlier. From there, each piece was individually cleaned and then rejoined using a specially formulated glass adhesive. Once the vase had been rebuilt, it was exposed to ultraviolet light in a curing process meant to strengthen the adhesive bonds. Thankfully, the duo's nine months of meticulous work paid off, and the Portland vase now looks better and more complete than it has since the day it was broken. It's still missing a few pieces, but if you squint, you can barely tell. After all this time, there's still a lot of mystery surrounding the vase's history. It's been called an enigma in glass. We don't know the identities of the figures etched onto the vase or the story that's trying to be conveyed, and we don't know why it disappeared for 15 centuries before resurfacing in Rome. In any case, it's amazing that such a delicate work of art managed to survive all the way from antiquity, only to be destroyed in a matter of seconds by a 19th century college student on a bender. I'm not sure what that says exactly about the modern world, but it probably isn't good. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. I'd like to hear about any priceless artifacts that you've destroyed on a drunken whim, 
but I understand if you'd prefer to keep that to yourself. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. I'm Gordon Carrera. I'll be exploring the friction in this most important of relationships and asking, has the West taken its eye off the ball? You cannot ignore China. From BBC Radio 4, this is Shadow War, China and the West. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have supervision, enhanced hearing, extraordinary reflexes, to be, dare we say, superhuman? Well, Roku's new Pro Series TV can't do any of that for you. But with a 4K screen, side-firing speakers, and a blazing fast refresh rate, it'll sure feel like it. Elevate your entertainment using all your favorite apps like iHeart and play all your music, radio, and podcasts with the new Roku Pro Series. Your senses aren't better. Your TV is. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.